Welcome to Somewhat Genius Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. The person who came up with the words somewhat genius themselves, Jack Firm. That's right. Thank you for using the plural the plural form of uh, themselves. I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, Somewhat Genius, uh, it's a pretty great platform for uh, uh, males to use. No one else, just males. <laughs> Uh, Why? <laughs> well, that's not exactly accurate. No, it's it's accurate. That was a bit of hyperbole on Jack's part. Uh, you can call it that if you want. Uh, at least in the podcast realm, I'm planning on having many a female on. Yeah, yeah we're I mean, that's to, what you think, but it's 2019. You never really know at this point. The goal of this podcast is to attract a mate, basically. To attract attract a mate? <laughs> yeah, we want to find a woman. <laughs> I mean, since you're only having masculine viewers on, so I mean, I mean, I, I, I it's I'm cool be with that, man. Epic. I'm cool with that. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm really glad to be on the show. I'm, I, well, we never introduced ourselves. I'm Sebastian. We introduced you. What's your name? I'm Gavin. And me and Gavin are co-hosting the Somewhat Genius Podcast, where not so genius people talk about genius That's topics. That's a great tagline. That's so. That. that was genius. That's somewhat genius. It was genius. See, on the on your somewhat genius blog, it says I think like four idiots extrapolate meaningless ideas into full fledged conversations. But on this podcast, I feel like we're really going to be taking more meaningful ideas and talking about them in a more dumb way. <laughs> I first started the blog because I wanted to make a lot of ad revenue. <laughs> I was thinking about how did you expect to make ad revenue without any advertising? Well, I mean, yeah, we're gonna put ads on the webpage, but then we're like, no, we can't really do that because we're not experienced enough. So we decided, well, we can just get. Well, it's probably not gonna do anything anyway, so we're just like, whatever, we're just gonna leave it. And then we kind of just used it as a conversation piece for about like two weeks, and then it died. Why did it die? And it what died because it? you just kind of let it die. I mean, uh, yeah. Why, I mean, it's kind of like. Did you just lose interest in it, or why'd you let it die? No, it's not that we lost interest in it. It's that no one else was interested in it. You know, I mean, it's like. Oh, no one read it. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And then it, it took up so much time every day, and. We we're just like, well, I mean, is it really worth it at this point? And then we actually got locked out of our webpage. So, we, I mean, we still have the code, but we don't have a platform <laughs> to run it on. But then we were like, oh, oh all right. Nice. And then, yeah. Oh, so now it's just kind of out in the world you, you, without anything. <laughs> it has no owner or anything. It has it's no purpose. There. It's just drifting Sweet. through space. <laughs> well, I mean, if you strip anything down, it has no purpose, but. That's facts. It's, it's quite fascinating. I mean, the rise and fall of Somewhat Genius, I mean, it's really just quite an amazing story. The rise and it, fall and now rebirth. And rebirth. Yeah, the rise, it's, fall, it's and resurgence. Really, I mean, that's that's what we call it, the, the Phoenix, the Phoenix program. Mm. Because it's like, mm -hmm. it lived, and then it died, and then it came back to life from its own ashes, and now it's going to die again. The phoenix burns and ascends <laughs> from its ashes. Yeah, I mean... This time, coming back at stronger than ever. It's like the zombie apocalypse. It's where it's just like... I mean, they lived, and then they died, and then they come back to life, and then someone comes over and chops their head off. I don't want my head chopped off. I, if I'm the second iteration of this phoenix... Don't we're, worry. No we're enjoy gonna it. We're going to come back with... 
Well, we're coming back with two heads. Two heads. Oh, you're going to... hopefully two years of good content. Yeah. Two years? Only two college years? college happens. Well, I mean, he's going to college, and then uh, I hope I could take over. It's nothing day. without me. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Precisely. All right. All right. What are some questions that you have for me? Oh, well, uh, how, hold on. That was a nice uh, few-minute ramble. However, um, <laughs> we never really talked about what we're going to be covering on this podcast, as this is the intro episode. Yeah, um, we we don't need an intro. No one knows where this is uh, going. Yeah, who cares? Honestly. We'll find out. We'll we'll make a Let's, path. It, yeah, we're making a path as we go. We just want interesting people talking about interesting things. That's about it, really. Just basically every podcast. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It's the uh, the Charleston mediocre podcast podcast. So. Oh, you okay? Hope you're you happy want, with it. Hold on. If we're gonna, I would do it. Do you want to be super serious now, huh? Do you want to hear my mind-boggling revelations? I would love to oh, hear yes. that. That's what oh, we're yes. in here for. All right. Well. Over the past couple of years, I've come up with a couple of things. I have this entire diary. I just came up with uh, some pretty profound things. Um, let's see here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to page. That's what we're looking for. I don't know. Yeah. I'm. Uh, so one of the things that I thought about, right, it's one of the things that is uh, one of the worst things about humanity is we seem so caught up in ourselves, right? And, you know, we're always so focused about how we um, – how other people view us and things like that and how we're going to be remembered in society. Mm -hmm. Like, think about that, right? It's kind of profound. But really, in the end, can you name your, like, can you name a great-great-grandparent that you have? Hmm? Right. Well, uh, that's interesting because I, too, have thought about that. And I was reading a book recently. And in the book, uh, it sort of brought up the same concept. Mm -hmm. And in essence, I was thinking about it. And uh, I, I feel like I've come across a, a, a similar revelation, but yeah, a, and I looked into it and it is actually rooted in science that um, everything anyone ever does is a selfish act in some way because you're always trying to benefit yourself. Even if you're, you think you're the most selfless person on earth, you donate to every charity on the world, you donate to all those charities, not only because you're helping those people, but because it makes you feel good to donate to those charities. Well, yeah, but I mean, think about it like this, right? I mean, although, although you know, you're never going to be really truly be remembered, right? I mean, unless you're notorious yeah. or you're really famous. The thing is, what you do in the day-to-day, whether you speak life into people or speak death upon people based on what you're doing, are you speaking positive thoughts? Are you speaking negative thoughts? That's going to be the lasting impact that you have on people's lives. Because mainly, I mean, what you talk about, like, I mean, what you say to your friends and your family every day, that's what they're going to remember. And that's what's going to change their lives because that one instance, that's going to remain in their subconscious for who knows how long. And those that impact that you have on other people is what carries on from generation to generation. So that's pretty profound. That's yeah. pretty somewhat genius. To anyone saying? listening to this podcast in uh you know a, a thousand years from now, remember Jack Firm today. He existed. This uh yeah, and the idea of uh being remembered is simply a construct for everyone always thinks that they don't have enough time. And people don't think they have enough time. They want to live as long as they can. We've seen it throughout history, time and time again, leaders trying to live infinitely. Uh, religions being created so that uh, kings can be ruled as gods and live forever in memory. But uh, doing something like the person who invented the toothbrush, 
uh, perhaps they w- were really interested in hygiene and they wanted to help people and create a new industry. But also it goes back to the act of selfishness because everything is a selfish act. In doing so, they know that they will be remembered for that and thereby they will live on through their memory. Right. Yeah, Yeah. remembrance is kind of the state between life and death. It's the listen, way to cope. Listen, with listen, that. listen, guys. Watch. I mean, really, it all comes to, it all comes down to this, right? Okay. Have you ever eaten two bananas at once? <laughs> what That's are you what talking? It all about? comes down to yes. The root question. No, I have not eaten two bananas at once. I have never done that. See, I mean, that's really it, isn't it? What are you talking about? <laughs> In what way? In what way? Well, I mean, if you've ever eaten two bananas before, I mean, then you would know that eating two bananas is a completely different experience than eating one banana. Why? Why? Because well, I mean, if you eat two, if you eat two bananas at once, you have to like fill the mouth. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll be really impressed if you can connect this back to anything, life, death, and memory, <laughs> or well, anything. I mean, interesting. all right. Think about it like this. Okay. You can either fill your life with one banana. Okay. I mean, one banana. It's good, right? I mean, you know, you got. All the yeah. potassium you need in one banana. You can, you know, after Perfect. a workout, eat one banana and you're fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very yeah, comfortable. Yeah, or you could just go for the two banana, right? And a two banana, that's really, that's the the largest point of life. You get two it's times immense. the p- potassium. You get two times everything, all right? So how in my daily life can I eat two bananas figuratively? Uh, well, first you need to find two guys and then you need to seduce them. And then... <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay. Whoa, we're going to put whoa, the brakes whoa, on this. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, if no one's ever eaten two bananas at once, what about three bananas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I just hate myself. So I, I have a banana and then I down a whole spot. Where do you draw the line? Anywhere. Right. I've heard a legend of a certain NyQuil banana at... One of our friends, they went to camp and they they covered a banana in NyQuil and then fed it to the losing team of some game. And it really intrigued me. Apparently, they were tripping out because the banana was dipped in NyQuil. Is that like, (laughs) goodness? All right, I mean, I don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) No, they weren't tripping out. Or the the administration of the camp thought they might be tripping out. Well, or they just got super sleepy. I just remember hearing something in don't, a story. Don't try three bananas. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't try three bananas. <laughs> yeah, two's as far as it goes. Yeah. Three bananas is peak dope. No, that's right. Heart attack that's, and die. That's too much. Yeah, that's too much potassium for any man to handle. You'd have to be a god. You have to be an alpha. <laughs> You'd have to be a woman. <laughs> right. If right. you think about it, aren't women just alpha males who have just ascended so far past? So far past sexuality. Well, listen. All right. All right. Pee-pees. Complete transition here. All right. Let's transition to our stock options section here. All right. We're going to look at the Fortune 500 right now. Uh, what? <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> Are we changing this to the somewhat high podcast? <laughs> no. No, we're talking about this the placebo the tripping podcast. It's the uh, two banana podcast. Two banana <laughs> Or, or really, we just say the Four Banana Podcast, but Four Bananas Podcast. No, I mean I like it. I mean, let's let's just let's take a look here. Let's take just a look at the Ford stock, okay? 
We're gonna look at our stock Why? options here. Alright, we got nine dollars, alright? That's pretty crappy stock. I mean, if you look at the maximum here, I mean you it's on the general decline. I mean, you know, you come out with Henry Ford and he's like, Boom, we have a car and everyone's like, Woo, yeah And because they're like, Wow, we can get around, we don't have to wear they have to use courses and carriages. And then you can see you can see here it's like a velocity versus time graph where you can see like the number of horses. Uh versus no, the yeah, number of No, yeah, we understand how stocks work, but well, this isn't the stock podcast. Shh, 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 stock shh. segment. Listen, Sebastian. listen, Sebastian. Listen. All right, do you have the thing pulled up? Do you have the stock? Do you have the? Do you have it on max? Uh, you should see yeah, it from like 1980 to like infinity. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So really, what, what are we looking up here on Google? Oh, uh, you just look up Ford stock. Ford okay. stock. Okay. Now you have it up, right? You're going to click Max. He's my friend. And once you click on Max, you're really going to see – you're going to see the ratio of horses to the number of cars that have been produced. And you can see here – on your friend, Do you have Max. the graph? Do you have the graph? I have the graph, but okay, where's perfect, your friend, Max? Perfect. All right. You can see here that starting at like 1980, uh, there seems to be a general increase – of the number of uh, cars per number of horses. And as we reach uh, 2000, there's this peak. There's this peak number here. But then people, uh, they've realized that cars are really so inefficient, the right? They don't get any miles per the gallon. And really what they've realized is that we can actually mine gas for a it, it takes so much more energy to uh, get oil for cars yeah. than it is to get bananas. Wow. <laughs> so really, wow. So you can see here. Back into the bananas. You can see here. Everything on this podcast is about bananas. But there's this huge decline, huge decline in the number of cars per horse. And what about the number of bananas per person? Well, that's a different graph. That, I think it's probably proportional. We'd have to look at Facebook for that, that, but we're not looking at Facebook right now. We're just comparing the number of horses to the number of, <laughs> okay, of cars. Okay. So, but you can see the general decline, right? I mean, you can definitely see that the number of horses has skyrocketed because the number of cars has decreased. The number of transportation, like, I mean, on the streets now, that's why we have so, so much traffic here in Charleston. There's so many horses on the streets. I mean, when you go into downtown, you just see all these horses everywhere, and they're like, I mean, I mean, you can see, like, I mean, it just smells awful. I think two of our awful. three people. And who, you know why it smells so bad? I think bad, two huh? of the three people who have listened to this podcast are committing suicide right now. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. It smells, it smells so... Listen. keep listening. It smells so awful downtown. You know why? Because they're freaking feeding the horses bananas. And that's not what you should be feeding, feeding horses. <laughs> Apples, yes. I mean... What about hey, feeding them cars? Yes. Well, you could feed them cars, but I mean, that actually... Now that I think about it, that could be one of the other reasons that uh, car populations have been declining. Maybe the uh, number of horses... Because the horses have the horses, been eating them. The horses have adapted, and now they're eating up all of the cars. Oh, wow. I never even Dude, thought about that. are you that. in AP stats? Are you an wow. AP atheist? What? What? <laughs> I mean, are you an AP atheist? No. Jack Berm? I'm an AP... No. Uh, yeah, no. An AP theist. Yeah. I believe in the AP. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, precisely. That AP is a god? No. Or that God is a god. Oh, hi mom. We're asking what your religion is. I'm really loud. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Firm. <laughs> oh no, she can't hear you, and I'm glad that she can't. Oh. oh. Okay, well let her know we said hi. Mom, From they the said they said hi. Podcast. Tell tell her who it's from. Who's it from? From the Somewhat Genius Podcast. It's from the Somewhat Genius Podcast. 
Thank you, Jack. We're talking about the impossibility of eating four bananas at once. <laughs> Wait, what? You see me eat four bananas at once? She's... Yes. What? This breaking news. Mrs. Firm has seen Jack eat four bananas Breaking at news. Once. Jack has ascended to God status. <laughs> truly past, an alpha. He's past woman now. He's truly alpha. <laughs> Love Jack, you, Mom. You, are you... Jack, would you describe yourselves as as an alpha male? Are you a beta cock? As an alpha male? <laughs> um, as an alpha male. That's a hard question. I mean, can you give me some descriptors of what an alpha male would look like? I don't know, Sebastian. You? Um. Uh, okay, so an alpha has the mindset that uh, the preconceived notion that uh, yes. everyone already likes him. Already has the attraction to. Of course, him, everyone loves me. Women. Are you kidding me? I mean, it, you're uh, really, no, no, but like <laughs> off of well, I had to off ask of first the, sight. I, listen, I had to ask the definition here because I mean, the alpha male really it depends on where you're at, right? I mean, you can either be in the United States and then you could be, you know, I mean, the beta your alpha male here might be the beta male of Russia. So it's like, I mean, there's completely different standards for what makes an alpha male. Like if I went to Bulgaria right now, an alpha male is like. Someone who's like 25 and they're like on the street. And actually, I can't continue this conversation because this is supposed to be school appropriate. So, um, transitioning now. Uh, All right. <laughs> let's just move on to a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun with Alpha Male for a few minutes. So, uh, I recently partook in a 30 day oh, yes. this challenge is in which I challenged myself to stay off of social media, not touch it once for 30 days, and I recently completed the challenge. Have you gone back? And, um, yeah. I, I did uh, make a, uh, a comeback to social media, but <sighs> in, in my uh, return, I found that um, the main thing that I took away from the experiment was I'm no longer using social media during the week, as I have found a vast void of empty time that has just been left. Right. Everyone always talks about having not enough time to do anything. I don't have enough time to do my schoolwork. I don't have enough time to go to practice. I don't have enough time to do this, do that, to hang out with my friends, to watch a movie with my family. But really, when you look at it, when you even look at the statistics on your phone, screen time is a great uh, feature. Yeah, they, you can really yeah. see that you're probably spending way too much of your uh, busy schedule, um, in air quotes, doing something that you don't really need to. You don't need to scroll through Reddit for an hour or go on Snapchat for 45 minutes mm -hmm. or do whatever you're doing. You yeah. you can really take up that space with whatever you want. If you're prioritizing that over other things, you really have to take a step yeah, back. Yeah, it's no one's fault but yours you, if you complain <laughs> that you're losing time or don't have enough time. Well, yeah. I mean, there's other circumstances. Like if, yeah, but when it comes to people who are on social media for like the for vast the vast majority, majority of, of people, yeah. if you take a step back and look at what you're really doing, you really probably do have more time. And everyone says like, like when I first started the challenge and I came to school, everyone was telling me. Oh, I could do that if I wanted to, but I don't want to. Right. But if you really challenged those people and made them, could they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be like a, you know, a boomer and just be like, phone bad, book good. But I do want to say, you know, find what's actually meaningful to you. I've Yeah, I've started to find uh, more. Through my challenge, I've 
found with empty time leaves an empty mind, and with an empty mind, I need to fill it. Right. And when I need to fill it, I have to find something else to do. You take four bananas, find... and then you stick it in your mouth, and then you fill all of your time. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. I, the first journal entry that I had was me just taking, like, 24 hours off of social media. And I was like, you know, I just want to, like, take a full day and not do it. And then you see, mm-hmm. like, how much time is left throughout your day. Like, I mean, me, mainly, I, I never use social media very much. Like, I never use Instagram or Snapchat very often. But, like, I, I mean, I'm a big, like, YouTube guy. I go on YouTube all the time. <clears throat> Yeah, I, so, I cut that out, too. But so I, I cut out... Yeah, I mean, once you, like... It's more of, like, a metacognitive exercise where you're trying to look back on yourself and say, I'm taking up this time throughout the day where I'm just mindlessly looking at my phone, and, and instead of using that time, I could be doing, using it for some, something else. So, like, when I... Typically, when that happens, I literally just go downstairs into my basement, and then I just go and, like, build something, right? I mean, I, it doesn't matter what it is. I just go downstairs and I'm like, okay, I caught myself doing this. I'm just going to take 30 minutes to do something that I'm passionate about. And then I'm going to go back and I'm just going to like do my work. Because clearly I'm being distracted by my phone. So therefore, I should just take a little bit of time off so I don't have to deal with that distraction. That's the best way that I've felt to deal with it. Really what it is, it's the, um, it's the, uh, the trickery, the perception of gratification you see your when your brain sees the screen and um perceives it it's like mm-hmm. oh bright color oh look at that oh cool thing oh i'm learning oh i feel good now dopamine dopamine little minor amounts and then you continue cuz it feels it feels like good. you're doing something but it's completely expedient. but you're really like... yeah you're really not doing anything at all you're just sitting there and that's why i i mean i told you this like probably this actually this morning I grayscaled my phone so there's like no colors at all because I th- I read an article that said you know all the little colors on your phone and the blip blips and you know the red is supposed to you know make you feel passion and th- there's all kinds of studies on the different apps and how they choose a color to make you want to click on the app and just when you grayscale it it just all that little blips of dopamine kind of go away so it it makes it easier to get off your phone if you just are going on there to do, you know, one simple task that may be actually productive, but then you get sucked into Reddit or Instagram or something like that. I mean, but that, that feels a little conspiratorial to me. I mean, like, and then along those lines, yeah. like, you know what? You know what's always bothered me? Like, what? I mean, it's really bothered me, like, the way books smell. Like, if you just, <laughs> if you just, like, smell a book, like, I'm smelling my Bible right yeah, now. Yeah, I think it smells good. I mean, I think it smells good. I, no, no. I, I mean, there's a good book smell. There's like a new book smell, but like, like there's also really like a bad old, book 500 smell, you know year old dusty book. Yeah, hold on. Let, yeah. let me just actually really quickly go and grab a nice, good smelling book. I mean, I'm smelling my Bible right now. I'm just getting <laughs> like, I'm getting a hint of like mahogany. Like I'm getting that sort of feel. It doesn't feel like <laughs> it's not new. It's not like that new book smell. Sort of like you know, like right. when you get like a new pair of shoes, you have that like new shoe smell. But it's like a new book like smell. It. I'm not getting it smells that. Like I'm not getting that person, vibe. Really. I'm getting. It's like it smells like Legos. Almost it smells like Legos. Like a lot of hands have touched it. Almost. Very interesting. Not like a coin though. Like it's not like coins. <laughs> like coins have a very riveting, specific Jack. smell. <laughs> I mean, have you ever like? I mean, could you categorize a book right. smell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have obviously we have new book smell and then old book smell, which I would say, I actually like the smell of an old book, but somewhere in between is. 
Lego book smell. <laughs> wow. That we've now termed it. Wow, how intellectual we are. <laughs> Sniffing books. And I, eating I think bananas. there's definitely six more subcategories we can find here. Sebastian, I don't think you should give up so easily. I got in, this in book here yes. from my grandfather, and he gifted, to, he gifted it to me. And um, it's The Visser of Wakefield by uh, Goldsmith. And it's a really old wow. book. It's about um, 100, 150 years old, and the pages are uh, red. And like it's got uh, it's got a love letter in it. It says, "Love from Bessie," and then it says, "1894." <clears throat> so yeah, I mean it's it's a really old book. Little piece of history. Yep, yep. And little, uh, it was produced love. in Boston, New York. And I mean the pages are like um, they're uh, gr- like red on the outside almost because it's so old. But like uh, the pages are still all together and the binding's great. But if you smell it. Mm, it's got like a, it's got, it's got like a cigar a musty smell scent. It's like, right. it's like, cigar boxes smell quite good. My dad mm, has a collection of cigar boxes. It's just, boxes. It's, yeah. it's such a delicious, like, it's like a, it's almost like a meal. It's like a meal for a your welcoming nose. scent. Right. I just, I love that, like sweet. It's such a sweet smell. That's a great. I love books. So are, are we connecting this back to the apps? Like, the smell of a book is to a book as the color of an app is to an app. They engineer books with a certain smell so that it will entice you to read the book. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face doing that. No. We've just gone off course. It's <laughs> I love this, though. I don't though. Even know how we got here at all. All right, new question. <laughs> new question. What's that? What's that? You got nothing for Good me? Good I'm not that interesting. No, I thought you had a question. <laughs> you said new question like you were going to ask. Oh, one. you want me to ask a question? I'll come up with a question. Uh, but I do I do have a very important question for you, Jack, what? that I wrote down. Yeah, do it. So I wouldn't forget. I have heard, not from you, I don't think, that you are able to lucid dream on command pretty much. No. Because that's like, that's, that's cool stuff. There's quite a story behind that. Um, I've always been able to lucid dream. Uh, and I... Kind, I have to do it now because I was able to do it. And like, I started doing it probably like I was like four or five. Like, the first couple of years of my life, I was I always had like nightmares and things. And so, how I dealt with that was like, like I'm I mean, I kept, kept having this recurring dream of me like in this weird house that was not like um, any like any house that I'd ever entered into. And like, I kept on like, I explored the entire house and then I got to the basement. And then I just felt this drawing feeling, and it kind of just drew me into it. And I fell back behind the stairs. I fell all the way down, and then I just felt dogs ripping at me. I was like, okay, that was not very fun because I felt myself like <laughs> I felt myself die in the dream, like the pain and everything. Wow. And so I was wow. like, man, oh. that sucks. So basically, wow. and then I had also ones like where I was with my family, we were going to have a dinner, and then I hear outside, like you know, whenever you hear like a plane go over your house, it's like. Like that, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. a time like that. So I went outside and I was waiting on the steps, and I just saw a nuclear bomb just like coming down from the sky, and then boom. <laughs> no, but oh my god! Well, no, yeah, I had some pretty dark dreams. As but a it was child. like hyper real. Yeah, but it was hyper realistic, and I like felt wow. myself just Damn. be eviscerated, and it was not a fun dream. So anyway, how I tackled that was I was Holy like, Holy God, what? <laughs> I've, I mean, I've had I I one of the only dreams I remember is I had that dream of like. A bomb being dropped on Porter Goud, and <laughs> I don't think you can say <laughs> that, Gavin. I, obviously, obviously, I woke up and 
And then I started making a bomb, (laughs) (laughs) making plans. I had the dream. It was like a nuke being dropped and like we were hiding under the desks or whatever. And as if that would help. I never had, but the dream did not extend. What I'm trying to say is it didn't extend to like evisceration to the point of death or past death. It was more just like the bomb hit the ground and I woke up, you know. But yeah, like that was the first phase of like my lucid dreaming. I mean, it wasn't like like where I had literally no control and I just kept on having now like they don't haunt me as much because I learned like right after I'd have those like nightmares and I wake up in the middle of the night, like in a cold sweat, I would go back to sleep. And then when I was like in that middle point between like REM and like awakeness, I was just like, you know, I'm going to create the exact same scenario. But now that I have a little bit of conscious thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. But then I'm going to like figure out a way to stop the thing from happening. So I'd like go back. And then before I fell down the stairs, I would just like prepare myself and then like throw the dogs away from me or something like that. And then after that, I gained like this ability where I was just able to kind of consciously understand what was going on in my dreams. Like I got like really big into like transformers and things like that. And I was like, man, it would be really cool if I was in Transformers. So I just thought about like, oh man, what if I was like, like Matt, like Sam Witwicky from um, Transformers, and then I could like do that. Yeah. And I did that for a while, but then after a while, like I mean, after you know, you go through like Harry Potter and all that sort of stuff, it kind of got boring because like there was no, because like, I knew everything that was going to happen because it was all in my head. So it was like almost like imagining, but while you're asleep, and I was like, this is really boring. So I just kind of let it slip away from me a little bit, and now I can control what I do in the dreams, but my subconscious makes everything else up. Which is kind of more interesting. Which makes it really interesting. Yeah, so I have a few things to say on that. Um, Well, A, you're you're moving into uh, the ability to lucid dream actually follows, like, a lot of the proper steps that uh, you would read online on how to yeah. lucid dream. like Because a lot of people want to yeah. do it, like follow the method to do it, but it almost seems like it came naturally for you. Yeah, like you starting, work backwards almost. Starting yeah. to recollect on small details and thinking about them more as you're falling into sleep, that's that's a key point in starting to be able to control what you are dreaming about. But also, more importantly... Uh, I think an important thing to say about dreams, uh, a lot of people have uh, the common misconception that uh, common dreams have a common meaning, but that isn't exactly true. What do you mean uh, common dreams have a common meaning? Okay, so like uh, the classic dream of you're running from something and then you fall and you wake up as you hit the floor. Or a dream oh, like okay. all your teeth are falling out. Yeah. Like... Uh, Perhaps they have uh, some common meaning. However, that's not exactly true. Most of the idea that uh, dream symbols mean all the same thing come from old, outdated psychology. Right, like Jungian. Yeah, modern psychology uh, and the father of psychoanalysis uh, was also very much into dreaming. And uh, yeah. interpretation of yeah. dreams. Yeah, interpretation of dreams. Basically, uh, dreams are not uh, common symbols like from an omnipotent being or something like that. And we're not all connected through our dreams. Dreams are simply a reflection of yourself through your subconscious mind. 
and you can't control them because they're the small things and the infractions that your brain picks up, and then they reflect that in the dreamscape. That's part of the reason why if you've ever had a dream and you can remember uh, seeing something that's man-made, like a computer or something, it probably doesn't work like a normal computer because right. your brain can't process what a computer is. And those are certain triggers that you can use you, uh, while you're in a dream to realize you're dreaming. I yeah. know, I've read up a little your, bit on Your it. brain can process what a tree is because that's found in Natural, nature, yeah. but not like an iPhone. Yeah, it would work completely weird. Or if you look at your hands... I think that's kind of, I mean, there's definitely, there's a lot of pros to lucid dreaming, but I mean, there's also like a lot of cons that people don't, I mean, at least for me, that have arisen. Like, I mean, I've taken full tests in my dreams from like math and things like that. My brain, I create tests that have actual math problems in them, and then I do all the problems. And then like afterwards, after I've taken the test, I wake up and I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, I, oh I my that's, god yeah, it's, what so they're the I've least heard that they're before. the least refreshing things that i've ever had to experience could that be like the <laughs> ultimate study method though yeah i mean a little bit but i mean it's like but i mean yeah okay all that's i mean there's that but then there's also like there's this there was a large period of my life like there was like a month where i mean because i was like i've always been kind of like an avid reader whenever i have time to i like to read things and my brain just sort of subconsciously picked up on things like um, duality. So, like, in my dreams now, there's always a good guy and a bad guy. And there's always, like, I, okay. and I'm either the good guy or the bad guy. And or t- sometimes I'm just in, like, I'm a, a background character. But, like, one of the most recent dreams that I had that was pretty uh, pretty crazy was um, – and it was just like, – there's, like, sci-fi, right? It was, and it was a twi- there's a twist at the end. And I was like, so me and my family were off in like outer space, right? And we're in a rocket ship, and we had just explored some sort of planet, and we were we were going back to a colony on this uh, ice planet. Can you can you give us uh, like a um, can you paint the scene a little more? Like what what's the planet look like? What's the ship look like? Sure. I mean, I mean, it just the ship looks like um, it's hard to explain. It, I mean, it just looks like honestly like a stereotypical rocket ship. Uh, I mean. I mean, I don't know, like like an Elon Musk. I don't. It, there's no deep state space yeah. ships yet, but I mean, I kind of imagine some sort of like mix between like the interstellar spaceship and like um, I don't know something like smaller than the Avalon, but like something like ish looking like it. It's hard to explain. Okay, so it's big, but does it have like it's a, a lot of people? Or is no, it it's just, just it's just my family. family. It's like a recon ship, and okay. you know, we, I don't remember specifically what planet we had just explored. I just remember that it was it took a, like a while, and we were there. And then, um, do you remember what it looked like? No, that wasn't. We were like returning from it. I never okay. saw like where specifically we went. But um, so I was going. We were going back to like our colony, right? And we we're on some sort of other planet. And this is like in this mm-hmm. world. Uh, there's this like uh, it, it's a universe where everything's already been like not necessarily colonized, but like we have lots of relations with other planets and other extraterrestrial life. So we end up going to this planet, and it's like the Hoth planet from Star Wars. Everything's like kind of like okay. frozen and whatnot. It's icy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really just a strategic location for like a star base. It's not like somewhere like that they would uh, okay. want to specifically colonize. And then, it's just good in the interstellar yeah, 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 plane. Yeah. And then so you know we land on the on the pla- we, we land there, and there's like a little like town. It looks like kind of like a midwestern town almost, where everything's made of wood and things like that. I don't know why they would choose to do that, but. <laughs> and but you know the planet has sufficient oxygen and things like, and stuff like that but uh, so we just we're like okay listen we have a, a little while to go 
before we get to the um, colony, why don't we just stay at this inn? I don't know why we couldn't have just like landed near the. That's kind of sick. But we were like, we have to stay here for the night. I think it was because we couldn't land near the colony, just because of like the ice formations or something like that. We were like, okay, we're gonna stay here. And so we go inside, and we're all like hanging out. Like it's it's a nice big room, open space, and um, it's a but it's on the second floor, and we're like, oh, um, so there's a knock at the door. So like someone's knocking at the door, and we look for the people, and it's this guy wearing a suit, and there's a couple other guys wearing suits behind him. And there's like ten people, and so we open up the door because like I mean you know it's the future so you don't expect people to be like like off so they we let them in and we're like hey well hi, what, what's, what's the problem and they're like hi we're the space police and we're like i don't know i mean i, I don't know what else to call it they're not called the space police but i mean I, like that's the best way to describe it they're space police and like you violated order like x361 and we're like uh okay and so i'm kind of like in the background a little bit and my like family where they're just talking to the people the, the the main guy and so i take uh one of the people in the back aside and i'm like what unit are you like right because you know they have some the, the force has like each each one has their own unit to patrol the planet and so i'm just like what unit are you and they say oh we're um for, we're um and they gave like a string of like a bunch of letters and numbers it was like a six two one three one and then so i looked up on my like transcoder on my wrist and i was like beep boop beep boop and then they're and I was like, oh, this this unit is supposed to be on a different planet. So it's like, oh my gosh. These are like Ooh. impersonators, right? You got them. Yep, so we got them. And then I, I give just like a quick nod over to my family. And we're like, and they're like, oh gosh. And then there's this huge fight that breaks out. And we end up like injuring five of them like to where they're incapacitated. And then the other like five, there's like three still fighting and two run away. And then so there's three of them still fighting, but they've called in a drone. It's almost like that scene from Spider-Man, you know, where he like calls in the drone. This from sounds like an episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, like you've come up with the beginning of a sci-fi show. Well, oh, oh, it gets good. And this drone, it's not like any other drone, right? <laughs> this is like an ornithopter. It's like this is a bird. This is a metal like falcon, oh, okay, okay. right? And it's <laughs> and it's literally its one goal is to dive bomb you and put itself into your chest. <laughs> So you're completely incapacitated. Oh, okay. All right, listen, listen. But here's where it gets good. That's wild. So I go up on the roof, right? Because I'm like, okay, we don't want it coming through the window because then we have no chance. And then, because you know, we're all like genetically enhanced because it's the future. This bird starts coming down, right? And it's like almost like fighting a bull. All right, it comes down, it swoops down, and it builds up all this inertia, right? So I just stand there and I wait until it reaches a certain point, and I sidestep, and then I bring my hands together in like a fist. And I bring my hands down onto it, and I push it down into the ground, and it rolls, and then it gets back up and it flies. But I do this like two or three times, and then it eventually it just malfunctions and just stops working. And we're like, "Man, thank goodness we got that thing before it literally just stabbed itself into my freaking <laughs> body." Oh my gosh! All right, but here's where things get interesting. So we fought off all of these police guys, whatever the fake police. It's like space mobsters almost, and just wanted to like take us in and the do space who knows mob, what. Yeah. And we're like, all right, whatever. And then we go, so we're like, we might as well go to the colony now because we know that probably they're going to come back with more people. And so we decided, you know, we're just going to take the spaceship and we're going to go back to where the colony is, right? And so we get there and we're like, where is it? There's nothing there. It's just ice everywhere. And we're like, what? And so we're like, we checked the GPS location. We're like, uh, we're right on top of it. And then 
we're like, wait a minute. That planet that we went to had an extreme amount of gravity. There was a black hole near it, nearby. So we went past a planet, and our, the, our time relative to theirs was like one one-thousandth. So they were on the planet for like a extreme time on, dilation. Yeah, they were on there for like ten thousand years, and the colony, like what's left of it at least, was in the town, and everything else what? buried underneath the ice. Okay, I'm just what? curious. Was this like right after you either watched a sci-fi movie no. or like read that Stephen Hawking book that we read over the summer nope. or something like nope, that? No, it just appeared randomly about black holes. And that, that was probably that's what? that's the most recent dream that How I had did about just it. Just have that knowledge in the back of your head. Yeah, I don't know, but like I mean, really, I mean, that's not like the coolest dream that I've had. Like, really. Well, let's hear the coolest one. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was just most recent recent one. I've had. Like um, there there's this one month, but that I was referring to earlier, that like I had lucid dreams every like every single day, like and I, it was this entire story that just built oh, on itself. I wish. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. It drove me insane. Oh, okay. Here's why: because two characters emerged where I was like this hero guy or whatever, and then there was this other guy, and he, he was like we call I called him like the puzzle master. I don't know why he just. He had all these things planned ahead to the point, and I I just had to kind of react, and I had no idea how to react to them. <laughs> all right, so there was this like force of good versus evil. There's always there were he was always one step ahead. So there's like these stories of like um, let's see, I mean there was one where I was like, literally I was a part of this group of people underground, and there was like it two like forces. Batman and the Joker, huh? Was it like Batman and the Joker? I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's kind of like supervillain complex or something like that. I mean, there, there's always this okay. source of like good versus evil, light versus dark. And it was just like this entire stream, like this entire story that just built upon itself. Like there, like, I mean, it, it was like an entire like world. But the, the annoying thing was like every time that I went in, I was always bested by this guy, like this freaking figment of my imagination it was annoying me because i mean i used to be able to control my dreams super well and now i have to like compete with this guy for what i can do i mean there's like one time it was i was i was in this building and it like uh, i had to climb this huge ladder when i get to the top i'm in this uh area it looks like almost like a las vegas casino and there's all sorts of games and whatever and i'm just like i understand immediately what's going on over uh, over the intercom the guy speaks to me and says there are thousands of games here. If you can win one, then I'll let you go. I was like, okay. It's almost like Saw, but without the gore. And so I go in there, and then, you know, there are all these games, and then I, I looked around for a little bit, and then I saw just sort of like an empty billboard, or like an empty, like, uh, like whiteboard area sort of thing that you could put, like, tacks in. And I saw it, and I was like, huh, that's kind of peculiar. Everything else in here is sort of like a, a game, like a claw game or like a slot machine or something else like that. And so I just picked it up and like I completed a game of tic-tac-toe and then bada bing bada boom I got released and then I went to the next thing and then I would wake up and then the next day I'd go into some other different adventure or whatever. But like I mean yeah it was cool while it lasted but it also got annoying. So I mean it's not like the best thing to have to do. How did you make it stop or did it just stop randomly? Um, It got to the point where it was like um, I I escaped the uh, the cycle and um i did that by like i massed like a bunch of other people who were doing the same thing like they were in the same loop 
and I got them together and we like we what? fought against these people in real life. Huh? No, in my dream. But like, I mean, I guess I could have been in real life. I'm just like a connection between a bunch of people. And then yes. Yeah, what? what? Do you not know what's dream and what's reality anymore? It, uh, hold up. Hold, hold up. on. No. Well, no. Of course, it's a journey. Of course, these are dreams. <laughs> but like, I mean, it got to the point where it was like, uh, this is kind of freaky, because you know it was weird because I, I think right after we like fought the puzzle master or whatever, um, like. And then there was this whole, t- like, I eventually, like, lost against him and stuff. And, like, I had stopped dreaming about it for, a, like, a really long time. And then it came back. And then I was in this huge tower. And, like, I was just sitting there. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, where have I been? And then I realized, like, why I was gone. Like, the Puzzle Master had taken over or whatever. Anyway, it's really weird. It's hard It's hard to explain because especially since I don't remember it as well. But, I mean, it, it was just crazy, man. It was just crazy. Lucid Dreaming is so, whack. Okay. Pulling it back, like, if dreams are, like, a manifestation I, of the subconscious... I was going to say something about that Something, as well. you know, or they're filing away your memories, or they're showing some sort of desire or fear that you might have. Was there anything going on while this was happening, while the, the puzzle master was uh, relaying itself in your dreams? Was No, but nothing that's the was weird going thing. On. You know, was, okay, that, sorry, you just reminded me. The weird thing was, right after I had I stopped having these dreams... Like we had a bunch of family over, and like, there we have like the uh, Hanoi puzzle. It's like the stacking game where you have to like it, each one's like a little bit bigger than the other one, and you can't stack it on the other one. So you have to like rearrange it, but on a different pole. I, d- I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And no, no, they no. were playing. You, you had that at Nina's. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. They were. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're they my family was playing this game, and then I was like eating like wings or something, and I and then I hear them say, uh, one of them like completes it, and they're like. And one of the people said, dude, you're the freaking puzzle master. And I was like, oh, my God. I looked around. Wait a minute. Wait Coincidence? A minute. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. I have a question. I have a question. <sighs> I have a question. Do you feel like uh, people misinterpret you ever? Or like they're... Misinterpret you what? You say that there's duality... You. You say that there's duality in your dreams, but... Do you ever feel like you yourself are misconstrued from what you really are? Like in in the real world? Like when you're in real life. Yeah, yeah like when you're life. talking to people. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I think everyone, like, really. I mean, I act completely differently alone than I do at school, right? I mean, and I completely, I act completely differently at church than I okay. do at home. It really depends on the social situation. Like, I'll be much more open to you, like, if if I'm at my house because I feel a lot more comfortable than I am at school. Okay, well, is, the, uh. is there two dis- – okay, so now we're starting to see two distinctions, two distinct categories right. of your own personal being, you at your house when you're more open and more forthcoming about whatever's happening or whatever you want to say, saying what's on your mind versus when you're at school when uh, perhaps I think what you're saying is uh, more um, careful with what you say maybe. Yeah, like school puts a filter almost and then you feel – restrained in a way yeah, a little bit i mean like there's an agenda right there's a lot of like different things like if i'm at school right my agenda i mean i want i i want to make more friends than i do like enemies right so i mean there's definitely a push to yeah. just kind of remain neutral in things but also bring a positive view okay. upon myself and then i mean and that also causes me to be a little bit more outgoing towards people than i typically would because if i'm like mm-hmm. if i'm just out and about and i'm like with people if i'm going to like see a movie or something like that I'm typically more reserved, and I'll kind of uh, every now and then I'll bring in a quip, but I'm not as like 
forthcoming as I as I am at school. Right. Yeah. Do you ever feel uh, like you're you're agitated or ever like is there any ever ever negative emotion or negative connotation w- within yourself about uh, how you may have to present yourself at school versus how you are at your house? I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm super annoying at school, and it's probably true. <laughs> but like, no. I mean, okay. <laughs> wow, Gavin. Thanks okay, a lot. Okay. Okay. So no, I mean, how would you be annoying? That's cool. I don't know. I mean, just talking out in class and doing whatever. I mean, I'm really that's just how I perceive myself. That mm-hmm. may or may not be true. I mean, I, I really wouldn't know. So this is really interesting because now that we're understanding this duality and now that we have found a negative connotation with one and uh, we have the agenda of wanting to make more friends than enemies, do you feel that there is uh, – like when you're fighting the puzzle master in your dreams, not anymore. Is there but... anything that? Okay, when well, you when yeah. you were, was there any? Did you ha... did the puzzle master have any specific motive? I mean, not to my knowledge. I'm sure that it had something to do with my real life. I don't know how it applied specifically. Okay, well, I think that the very basic uh, theory that I can gather from right now talking to you for. 20 minutes about this is that the puzzle master uh from what i can tell is uh seemingly a reflection of the most negative parts of your social self at school you feel that sometimes you can be annoying or outrageous perhaps and maybe the puzzle master is simply a reflection of these negative things and you fighting yourself in your dream is symbolically trying to prove to yourself that I am not these things. Right. I mean, perhaps. But it's interesting how the puzzle master was one step ahead or like conquered in the end, I feel like, which is. Has there been. Well, I mean, if you can't look back on yourself three months ago and say, wow, I was stupid then, but like last year to this year. W- what has been the most significant change in Jack Firm? Uh, I have a girlfriend now. <laughs> hey. 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 High school, all about the girlfriend. Yeah. But in a way, that's probably changed you. Yeah. I mean, you say, your you do say level, she like is that. your best friend. When I, I was talking to you the other day about your, your friendship hierarchy, which is an interesting idea that you have. You said, <laughs> my girlfriend's my best friend. And then you said... Um, can we use real names? I don't know. I it depends, Jack. Do you? I don't care. If we all the people her? that I've talked to already know. I'm a freaking open book. Okay, and then but then you said Nathaniel's my only friend, and then the rest of people are acquaintances, which was interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand. Here's I understand that to an extent. Like, I mean, listen. Right. If I walk past one in the hallway, I mean, Gavin, I like I can't. I have high standards, but honestly, that's for everyone's benefit because it's like. There are certain like circles of trust that you have. It's like, well, I I trust you with certain things, but I don't trust you to the same extent that I trust like Nathaniel or my girlfriend, right? So that's how I judge it. Yeah, I mean, it's people kind of throw like the word friend around a lot, and I don't particularly like that because mm-hmm. it's like, if I don't know like who you are, that I think of you more as an acquaintance or like a stranger. Right. But like once I've gotten to know you, that I definitely think of you as a friend. Like, I don't know very many okay. people to the extent you, that I would like to. You just want 
friend to carry weight and value in your mind and not just say you're not trying to count up friends and yeah have a lot of friends you want a real connections yeah. to be i understand that, that yeah that definitely makes sense yeah. i feel like everyone should do yeah, that. yeah i feel like me and gavin has discussed this before we uh, i think we both feel that it's i i mean i part of the reason we have this podcast we love getting deep with people it's it's really vastly interesting to understand how people are. And when you go through those experiences, when you go through talking about the hard things, when you are there for the troubles and for the sunshine, that's how you truly develop a friendship. That's how you develop, right. and that's how you truly see how someone is. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons, like, I mean, even, like, most of my friends, like, they don't believe in God, like, the same way I do. And I don't know if you guys are Christians or not, but that's one of the things that, one of the pillars of, like, I mean, Seacoast, and I, I know that there's a lot of stigma around that. But, like, one of the things that I really love about it, because I'm a part of, like, a small group, right, where, like, we can talk about all sorts of things. Like, there's all sorts of addictions and things that people bring up. And it's just, like, when you hear about other people's struggles and you kind of open yourself up to other people's thoughts, it's really freeing because it's, like, the things that you've been talking, like, you've been, like, thinking about you, and you can tell people about it, that's, like, it's, like, super powerful. Yeah. And that the real connection thing com- goes back to almost the duality we were talking about because, you know, it's it's a thing with people that I hear a lot that, oh, this guy, you know, he's either annoying or at least different around a group than he is one-on-one. And that's kind of a common thread. Yeah. I, I mean, not just with, you know, one or two people, but with a lot of people I know who just are completely different people. And you said you're different at school or when you're alone. or And I assume you're more like your alone jack firm when you're with your girlfriend or with a close friend than you are when you're at school. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it kind of connects to that. I mean, it it also depends on like what circle of life you're in, right? I mean, who like yeah. what, depending on who you've surrounded yourself with. I mean, honestly, when you're at school, you have a lot more to prove like about who you are and so you try and take who you are and try and multiply it to an extent. And like, I mean, that just kind of just takes away from it cuz it tries it tries to force yourself on people but there's not like there's nothing that i can do about it per se i mean like i've tried like tone back but i mean when you you just think about how other people perceive you like that's kind of what dominates how you view yourself in that respect i think that uh okay i've had a similar conversation about this about uh two years ago uh maybe three like all right two years ago when i was in eighth grade i conducted a sort of uh personal study when i i was i would talk to people and i would uh would talk to them in a group and talk to them one on one and i would sort of bring up similar uh subjects and what i found from this is that i don't believe people change when they or there's not the at home jack and the at school jack but simply people amplify pieces of their own personality perhaps at school you amplify the witty, social, and uh, intellectual part of your personality uh, as to when you're at home. Yeah. Like, it's like you can dial it up or dial yeah, it down, but it's always there I, to some extent. Yeah, yeah People always say that people are different when they're around people. And I always, whenever I'm in this conversation, I always bring up the same... Uh, I, I don't want to call it a study because that sounds too technical. But this, the same observations and uh, hypothesis conclusion that i've or hypothesis hypothesis and conclusion that i have developed from my little observations and that that's what i concluded 
Yeah. Oh, people they, amplify pieces of their personality around people. They don't change completely. Yeah. And it, like using Jack as I mean Jack, I feel like a lot of your I I like a lot of your opinions might be like a little harsh to go into at school. <laughs> contrarian. <laughs> contrarian. I feel yeah, I feel like that's yeah, that's fair. But so you have to put that filter on, but it's not like they just disappear. It's not like you become a different person. Yeah. Exactly. And you I mean there's not much like I mean, I don't think there's very much in my life that anyone would disagree with. I mean what are you talking about like like politically? <laughs> no no one could ever disagree with me. I mean I mean I mean fr- from like how could my you? actual perspective of like I mean are you talking we're talking about like politics? Uh, we're just yeah, I mean, generally primarily speaking. that's kind of what I'm in like thinking of, but I'm I mean like it can go extend to a more general aspect as People well. People call me like a like a staunch Republican, but I mean, I don't like particularly view myself as that. I view myself more like libertarian yeah. than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like I, you know, I think I I have no right to control like whether like what you do in your life as long as it doesn't negatively affect me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't care if like someone goes and gets an abortion. I just don't want me. I don't. I just don't want to pay for it. As long as oh, you don't, yeah. you don't want to. Similarly, yeah. as to that, uh, people like me and uh, Brooks have come to the same conclusion um, about certain people. Like, honestly, I don't care what anyone's political beliefs are at all. Like, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, to I, me. honestly, I object to knowing what other people's political beliefs are because honestly, it takes away. The thing that is. Uh, annoying to me and to Brooks is that when people press their opinions on you, when they decide to tell you about it, when yeah. you don't ask, when they want you, they try and convince you into their ideologies when you don't want them to, it's just like, if I didn't ask, there's a reason. It's because I don't care and I don't want to hear about your opinions. I, if I wanted to talk about politics, I would have brought up politics, but yeah. I didn't for a reason. It goes back to the identity thing. If you just make that your entire identity, if that's your only yeah. dial, it's I, just whether you're like example, you know, people who are just super Trump guys and they just want to bring it up in okay, every yeah. conversation. They just want that like abrasive nature to them all the time. And they don't have that filter at, you know. Here's the thing. It all comes down to this. Um, in today's world, there's a shift in value, okay? And here's an example, all right? It's going to seem a little far-fetched. There's the word, um, what word is it? Um, Mr. Mr. Moore brought it up a couple times. It's the word, like, it's it's your specific, like, profession or something like that. It's your forte. Your oh. forte. Hmm? All right, okay. so. It's actually, I think it's pronounced forte. Exactly. Listen, the meaning of words changes based on the majority, okay? So the old way of saying it, right, was fort, but it's changed to forte. Now, is because people in the past have decided, okay, the word is fort, but now we've decided to call it forte, <laughs> is it really fort or is it forte? What? I, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Oh, it's, it's the changing meaning of words thing. What word were we talking about earlier that did this? Uh, Oh, oh, I, I brought up the point of... Uh, so... I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I certainly have. The idea of uh, mindfulness and understanding of yourself being brought into the mainstream light and how uh, mental health and mental progression has really been uh, sort of trendy rate lately. Have you noticed that too, yep. Jack? Okay, so coming with that, 
people who were already invested in the community, like me and like Gavin, um, the words like introvert and extrovert have a scientific connotation. And as they move into uh, colloquial social uh, anecdotes that are added on to the definition the definition becomes colloquialized into something that it wasn't originally yeah. socially uh for example if you are saying introvert people now think introvert has to be someone who doesn't talk and someone who is only uh around themselves when in actuality that's not true that's just yeah. an exactly. extreme example that everyone always brings up yeah, there's a disconnect, yeah. and you don't know what is introvert at this point because you can make an argument that because society has made this determination that you know colloquially, sorry, that's hard for me to say, it is you know someone who's antisocial. Is that how we're supposed to use the word, or do we use it how it was originally intended and then get misunderstood? It's a well, tough thing. I I mean, I I really think that uh, if you think about it. 30 years ago, if you were to use the word introvert and extrovert in a conversation, people may be thinking you're using a word like, uh, like, um, what's a, what's a big word that not a lot of people know? Verisimilitude. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like someone would be thinking like you're saying, insert Jack's large word, uh, <laughs> Oh, yes. Because they don't know what it means. And because they don't know what it means, the definition is more narrowed. And when right. people start using words more, the ne- the definition of the word has to be broadened so that it can be understood by all the everyone in the society, including all the brainlets who don't know what's going on. That's the exact on. thing, right? I mean, that's the value of words. When you look at like 1984, right? This is what gave me this kind of, uh, I don't know, this idea where it's like, the value that we attribute to words is everything. That's why we have such polarization in our country right now. And that's because, you know, the words oh. conservative, the words liberal, the words Republican, the words Democrat, the words racist, the words bigot, right. they each have now labels. They're all labels, which can be brought upon ourselves or upon other people. And each one now has a negative connotation to it, which we can add to people. Now, if you identify with a group and you say that before you do anything else, you've now assigned yourself that label that's been given to you by society. Now, really what should happen is you shouldn't, no one should say, oh, well, I'm gay or ooh, or I'm a Republican, ooh, I'm a Democrat. Because really what you've done is now you've put yourself in a narrow category of society where People can only think of you mm-hmm. as such, and you have to apply to these certain values. Now, that doesn't always apply, right? It's like we were in a school the other day, and someone brought up Skittles, and I was like – and it was a kind of a, not a great analogy to the Federalist Papers. And I was like, okay, well, listen, you're going to have two types of Skittles, right? And you can either have regular Skittles or you can have sour Skittles, right? Now, you may apply you, – you may just like all the regular Skittles or all the sour Skittles, or maybe you just like – only a couple like original Skittles or maybe like only a couple sour Skittles and you want like a little bit of each, but you have to assign yourself to either the original packet or the sour packet. Now you can't mix mix and match the same thing with words. If you assign yourself conservative, then you're assigning yourself to the original Skittles. Or if you assign yourself Democrat, then you assign yourself to the sour Skittles. You can't mix and match your values because you already have yourself. Skittle. Or you could have Skittles mm-hmm. Tropical and be the third party. Ooh. Exactly. That's the Green Party. We don't talk about them. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought I think there's actually a fourth type of Skittle, but I'm blanking on it. There's Wild like the, berry. There's the red, the Yeah, yeah, that's what ah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, the purple the purple package. The, the purple package includes ah. Not Everything. a big fan. Not a big fan of Wild Yeah, Mary. I mean the original. Yeah. It's no, original. I stick sour. to original. But but yeah. do you understand my point here? It's like when you sign yourself yeah. or you yeah, sign other people it. labels, you've narrowed them down into categories. And this whole new movement to like assign yourself a label, like the whole like affirmative action thing that's been happening for a little while now, and you know assigning yourself a group into like um what's it called um inter. Oh, I know the word you're talking about. When you're a member of multiple yeah, groups. Yeah, it's like you're assigning yourself to a group, and then it's like however like privileged you are, the lower you are in the status and yeah. things like that. I mean, But then you have so many different people who can fit into so many different, different groups. categories, and so it just boils down to the individual because everybody's exactly. And that's in that that's, that's the whole thing where it's like do you really value – like I think that's the argument that's been lost that there's this entire thing about diversity – but like, I mean, and diversity is great, but not for the reason of having people with different skin tones. It's the fact that they come from different cultural backgrounds, which provides mm-hmm. intellectual yes. diversity rather than physical diversity. And that's the thing that yes. matters, not yeah, how you look like. Game. Thank you. But I mean, but that also applies to your race. I mean, if you come from like Africa then you, and you prescribe to the African label, then you probably have completely different ideas than like an Amer like someone who's from I don't know like Germany yeah. or something like that. So I mean really who you are culturally definitely defines who you are intellectually, but it's get it's gotten mixed up. Yeah, I think that like uh in the same way it's like uh a lot of people from lower income areas in New York who are black say the N word. But mm-hmm. also is for some reason in there, the Latinos from those same areas, like Takashi Six Nine, also <laughs> say the N word, and it's because, like you were saying before, it's not it's about the their culture, skin tone; right? it's about the culture that they've created in lower income areas in New York. Not even lower income areas; it's mm-hmm. just our society as a whole. No, but listen, it's just yeah. an example. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't know specifically because I don't really follow Takashi. But... Anyone. I don't really think anyone should say the N-word personally. I agree. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because it perpetuates but, the term. It, like, I mean, the longer that you keep I saying it, I wasn't really talking about it. the N-word specifically. It was just... Whatever. It was an example. I think, I think what you meant to say is the N-word, Sebastian. I, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the podcast. <laughs> listen, listen. This you might, know what word should really be banned might... from our vocabulary? The B-word. Uh, bad? Banana. <laughs> do we end on that <laughs> i mean this might this might make gavin pop a big bone dog but uh i think that it all it all goes back to uh history like um uh, <laughs> i've i've restrained myself from talking about history like 10 times in this hour because i <laughs> i've wanted to just be like, well, last year in WAP, when I learned about this, it connects to what Wait, we're okay, okay. Do you about. want to hear a cool story? Do like, no. you want to hear a cool story about my summer? And well, then what's I, think, that? I think that would be, that would end it off. The ending right. segment. I, I have an ending note as okay. well that will blow you guys. Here's, here's my final thing. All right. This summer, it's just a cool story. 
Also, I'm probably going to ask you to edit out the, the dream part of this entire segment because it's probably going to be super What? That was like the best segment. Okay. No, that was the most interesting Okay, part. fine, 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 fine. But maybe some Jack, of the stories. Jack, I, we want you to be your I know, true self. We don't want bit, okay? social it's weird. Jack. It's totally weird. All right, listen. Push yourself all right, all right, out there. Listen, all right, all right. <laughs> listen, 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 okay. Because I know that other people might not take it. Listen, listen, here's why. Because they might t- not take it in the same context that we're in. You guys are totally open right now. But well, if, in a cares? school context. They're listening to I know, it. I know, I know. Okay. All right, let me just get into my story. All right, this summer, Nathaniel Ford and I, we went to Nantucket. And um, we were like there and we we're kind of goofing off. It was late at night and we we're like, all right, what are we going to do? And Because we, we were bored. And it was like, like I don't know, 10 o'clock. And we're like, we don't really want to go to sleep. So we're just like, whatever. So we decided to go on an Omegle. And we're like, all right, whoever can have the longest conversation without uh, with whoever wins. A phallic object. <laughs> well, yeah, we actually we went on the computer version and we went to the video chat thing. And the first thing we saw was a guy with his computer naked in the bathtub. That was just, I immediately <laughs> slammed the computer. What else did you expect? I slammed the computer from shut. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. And we, like we were like, that was not that was not a fun oh. Anyway, we kept we kept talking to people and we're like whoever has the longest conversation wins. Blah blah blah. And Nathaniel finds someone, and I find someone, and we just start talking to them, and we talk for them to like 30 minutes, and then my person leaves, unfortunately. And then... God, you guys are lonely. But listen, listen, no, listen. The no. person we start, Nathaniel starts talking to uh, is supposedly a Lebanese girl, and she's like around our age, and she has... um. She's lived in Canada for a while, but now she's living in Egypt. And we're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. No other dude has said that so far. Muslim? Huh? Yes. Yes. And so we got her Snapchat and we started talking to her and we started learning like all the stuff about, um, like, I mean, we, you know, we confirmed that she was actually a girl and she was from Egypt and we got her Instagram and things like that. And it was really cool. And like, we kind of just chatted it up and said like who we are and we get, came clean and we're like, yeah, we're not actually blah, blah, blah. And we're not actually like 20 years old or whatever. We're actually 17 and we're blah, blah, blah. And then we just started talking and, you know, we started, and this connects back to WAP a little bit, and we were talking to her. And then she took the computer in her bath. No, no. We were, we were talking, and then, so basically this became like a four-hour conversation. We were up to like 2 a.m., and we are like, what? and we were talking about, she started talking about Islam, and we are like, we don't know very much, because, you know, what we've learned in history class, it's only such a narrow thing, and we basically flaunted... So now are you just the god of Islam? No, we, we were talking to her, and we were like, yeah, he's we learned law. so much, like, just by talking to someone personally, like, that actually believed it, like, that we never yeah. would have learned, and we're like, wow. Uh, That's haram. It, I mean, it was really interesting, and we got to flaunt some of our knowledge from WAP, and she's like, oh my gosh, you're the most well-educated Americans I've ever heard in my entire life and she like wow. she was like wow and then she uh, the five pillars was, yeah we yeah we brought that up we were like oh my gosh yeah don't you have like the five pillars or something and then she was like uh how do you know that and we we're like greenwell 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 and then and then, <laughs> and then so then we started clearing up some misconceptions she had about christianity and like this was like the longest talk that we've had with anyone ever and it's just like the the moral of the story that sounds so wholesome it's so and nice. wholesome because i mean mm-hmm. we just i mean and she was like there was a couple times where she like thought we were playing her but like we were, we were actually being serious we're like are you, we asked her like since she was like from egypt or whatever and if she was muslim and she was like why does that matter and we we're just like uh because we just kind of wanted to know because that's really cool and she's like oh and it's just like knowing someone personally is 
the thing that matters because you can learn something all day in history class or at school mm -hmm. but if you don't like know someone there's personally yeah there's always like things that you won't know or things that you won't understand fully that that aren't being presented to you in school that you kind of have to like know people that actually you have to actually out. have experiences to know for sure it's like i mean honestly how do you know that anything that's happened is real how do you know, like, it's like the Aristotle versus Plato. How do you know, like, like, or literally Descartes. 20 years ago, they could have just burned all the books and, like, rewritten history, and we wouldn't know. Like, how do you know? <laughs> Back to 1984. You only know what you've experienced, and that's it. That's the mm -hmm. only thing that you know for sure. Yeah, I think, therefore, I am, I know, skeptic skepticism is the chastity yeah. of intellect, yeah. right? <laughs> oh. I mean... Oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited for uh, philosophy next year. It's going to be amazing. Jack, definitely take that with yeah, us. Yeah, can you take philosophy Maybe. with us? We could all have these debates in class uh, I, for, in real time. But look, okay, I mean, now I think Gavin has his last thing, but that's that's my thing. Just If I had if I had to uh, tell yeah, anyone that's... here, to uh, my, the only thing that they could take away from this is learn people for who they are, and you will grow. Right. And that's it. And that's the point of this podcast. That's, I mean, that's basically why I set this up, is is really getting to the bottom of people and not just, not just their side of them that they amplify. The surface school, level, you know, what the real them, yeah. Mm -hmm. And all right, yeah. Back to my, and this is more, um, you know, surface level type thing. But we were talking about Fort and Forte, and you know how it's changed and whatever. And I kid you not, on the way over here, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, the most recent mm. one, just to like hype myself up for doing a podcast, <laughs> I guess. Get inspo. I kid you not, the first thing they talked about was Forte, and then the, Joe was like, oh, I think it's actually pronounced Fort. And then you mentioned that, Jack. I was like, if that's not destiny, you know, what is? <laughs> well, we're bas he's basically saying he's Joe Rogan. Yeah, like... But what are the odds that he would mention the exact same thing that I listened to coming over here? The same word as an example of like how language evolved. They were like having the same conversation. That's really odd. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, it Maybe I'm lucid dreaming right now. I mean, I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> this is getting too meta. Oh. Cut it down quick. He's, he's eating like five bananas. Sebastian, quick. Bring me two bananas. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how we're pulling this all together? Exactly. Let's be Donkey Kong oh together. I mean, that, uh. that, that about summarizes it. I mean, it's like... Yeah, that's... That's the perfect ending. Yeah, that's pretty and, good. In conclusion, eat as many bananas as you can. Yeah, yes. at least you, you need to really just eat a banana from all around the world. Right. Really get to know the bananas. The bananas vary from country remember. to country. Remember to eat your space bananas. <laughs> eat every banana. You could feel the you could feel the peel of the banana, but if you haven't unwrapped, if you it haven't and smelled a bite, banana, you don't really you know. You don't. If, if you haven't smelled, you don't know banana. how it tastes if you're just feeling the outside. Like, have you ever like? Honestly, but right oh, before we end, that is I mean, if you've ever smelled a Curious George book, then you definitely know the smell of a banana. Like that's that's the perfect <laughs> wow. smell of a banana. All right, I think I think that about wraps it up. I gotta All have to right. write my freaking pricey it, now. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, Jack. thank you, you just so much. Pleasure Jack. me, this has been awesome. You just pleasure me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I hope we could call you back sometime yeah, and maybe I, get you of back. Of course, on for I, I would. Later down the line. So I would gladly be on the show again and you know what Listen, I, I hope you've enjoyed maybe yourself as maybe much when as we I get have. the youtube channel started up 
Hmm? Maybe if we get the YouTube oh, yeah. channel started up, we can do the banana challenge and see how many bananas we can eat at once. Don't give, don't give out too many ideas. <laughs> They're gonna take it. I, I, like this. I, this episode went better than I could have imagined. Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think it was phenomenal. Uh, and and we can only grow from here. So I'm of excited. I am too. Very excited.